Greetings, friends and family, Banner Christian Fellowship. This is the weekend of Sunday, June the 14th. Last week we began looking at worship. We said that our our definition of worship and our understanding of worship is really probably kind of thin. And that quite frankly, worship very simply is not for us. You see, worship is for God. And the origin of our word worship is is similar to the word worth. And you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. That's Revelation 4.11. And that when we worship God, not that this is the point of worship, but when we do that, we are somehow changed. We're changed as an individual. We're changed as a church. We're changed as a society. This is not the purpose. It's not about us. But by experiencing God, we are transformed, just like Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. So this week, we want to continue looking at that. And this week, we're going we're gonna to look at Psalm 150. Here as I read Psalm 150 in our second week of looking at worship, of breathing in grace and breathing out praise. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be wholly pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In the Hebrew language of the Old Testament, there is a a wonderful word. The word is ruach, which can be translated as breath, spirit, wind. And in Genesis 1, verse 1, God's spirit moves over the face of the, the water, the watery chaos and brings forth life. And then in Ezekiel 37, God's spirit is breathed into the valley of dry bones and there is life. And then in the New Testament, the Greek word is pneuma. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, the wind blows where it chooses. That's John 3, 8. And then in chapter 20 of John, after the resurrection, Jesus comes to the disciples and breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, there is a sound like the rush of a mighty wind, and everyone is filled with the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit dwells within us, as close to us as our next breath. To live is to breathe. The psalmist says to breathe is to praise God. It is an imperative. We are created for the praise of God. The Westminster Catechism asks, what is the chief end of humanity? The answer is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We think of the hymn of Isaac Watts and John Wesley, which based on Psalm 146, I'll praise my maker while I've breath. All of this leads and helps us lead to this climactic Psalm 150. Let everything that has, let everything that breathes praise the Lord. So to breathe in is to receive the grace of God. And to breathe out is to offer praise to God with our words, with our lives. We inhale 
and we exhale. There's a natural rhythm. In the same way that music has beats and measures, our lives are measured. You know, and I confess that, that this rhythm has eluded me of late. I make decisions every day and every week that work against this natural rhythm. It would seem that I have become my own worst enemy. Yet still there is evening and morning. Each day is measured. There, there are six days of the week and one day of rest. Each week is measured. God has ordered our lives in such a way that we give and receive, work and rest, inhale and exhale, no matter all of the things that are going on around us, all of the pain, all of the chaos, all of the anger, all of the injustice, all of the sickness. We inhale and we exhale. This is God's intention. But our human temptation, my, my temptation is to live outside of God's will for us, for me. We do not live measured lives. I do not live a measured life all the time. We do not live ordered lives. We sometimes live hurried, fretful, chaotic, and fearful lives. Yet this is not God's purpose for us. We were created to receive grace and to offer praise. But at times, I forget to praise. We forget to praise. When Israel violated the Sabbath, the people sinned in two ways. They neglected their essential need to rest. Exodus 31, 17. It's been translated, on the seventh day, God rested and caught his breath. It's a great translation. They forgot that God had liberated them from slavery. And many of us, even the most spiritual among us, can become enslaved to destructive patterns of living. You see, I can become enslaved to destructive patterns of living. Back over the early part of the winter, one evening, I, I watched a documentary about the experience of this group of, of world-class climbers who had died on Mount Everest. An interesting comment was made by one of the expert guides in, in that field. And he said this, he said, most, most of the people who die climbing Mount Everest, he said, make it to the top. They die on the way down. They discover after they've made it that they do not have enough oxygen to get back down the mountain. Or they made bad decisions, critical errors, because of the lack of oxygen and its effect on the brain. Friends, that parable's us. That, that, that's me. The spiritual life is our oxygen. We may get everything we want in this life and die in the process. You see, a lack of spiritual insight may, may lead us to choose things that are not really important in place of what is nearest and life-giving. What is God's order and design for us? Well, 2 Timothy 3.16 in the message says it this way, every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful in one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, and training us to live God's way. In worship that is shaped by the Scriptures, we begin to understand that praise is essential experience 
for us, for God's people. It has a number of practical implications for us. In worship, we discover an order and a design for our lives that we ignore at our own peril and at our own demise. If my life is cluttered or overwhelmed, I I have to reorient myself toward God. I have to find true north who grants me each day as a gift. God wants us to have times of rest, of renewal, of catching our breath. And in the wholeness of creation, there is this rest of God. We were created to praise God. When our hearts and minds and spirits are oriented towards Jesus, we are not so critical of others, not so weighed down by everyday life. We don't care about every little thing, which I have been told at times I do. In the New Testament, our our primary manual for worship is Revelation. It's like a doxology that, that gathers together all that came before it. Many understand Revelation or avoid it. Excuse me, many misunderstand Revelation or avoid it, but it is really the experience of John who, who is caught up in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Chapter 1, verse 10. There John is given insight in the the midst of great suffering. There's resonance between Psalm 23 and Revelation 7.17. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. The lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Because John has been shaped and impacted by the reading of the Holy Scripture. He sees the glory of God, which is finally the one and only purpose of worship. And this also happens and can happen to us when we read the Psalms intended to teach us that a life of praise occurs in the midst of very mundane and and also in the midst of very difficult experiences like the experiences we are going through right now as a country. The Psalms can be read as a long roadmap that passes through illness, loss of possessions, physical danger, depression, isolation, pain, fear, grief, and anger. All on the way to this conclusion, to this doxology. Let everything that breathes Praise the Lord. We inhale grace and exhale praise. Amen. And God bless.